Hey there, welcome back to Friendly Ties. This is a podcast about board games, and today we're talking about Dice Miner, aka throwing a bunch of dice. So this is a game that I first heard about uh, a year or two ago, and mostly it caught my attention because it's this game with a big pile of dice, and you stack them up on this angular board, and then you roll a bunch of dice, and I like die rolling. And uh, I taught this one to you, Anastasia, and uh, the, the, the ball or the die really got rolling from that point, right? <laughs> it sure did. Um, yeah, when did we first play this one? Probably about like, six weeks ago or so. Yeah, yeah. And we played it like one night. I don't even remember the context. I think it was, just, it was like a late night, and you're like, oh, I like this this dice thrower and like there's a bunch of dice and it's really light and honestly this is i'm not gonna lie i kind of judge this one by the cover i was like i don't know john like i uh, yeah wait and you own a copy now right too or do you both i do yeah okay yeah so the the short version of the story is i got interested i learned it i i forced anastasia to play it on uh, tabletop (laughs) simulator with me and within 24 hours of that game she sent me a message saying, I bought it. <laughs> so I'm pretty that, sure. I'm pretty sure I yeah, bought it like tracks. immediately after. Twelve that. hours? Yeah. Twelve hours? Yeah. So that's that's a good like uh prologue, I think, to uh to talking about this game. Yeah, yeah. I probably had to like probably twenty four hours. I had to put together a whole order, right? Because I had to make an excuse <laughs> to get free shipping. Gotta get that free shipping. If you don't break a hundred, what's the point? <laughs> so this is a, a, a die rolling game that's uh it's got like dice pool building and die rolling it's a pretty quick game uh, nick and i just played like 15 minutes ago and it took us about 15 minutes like it's a really quick game um but it, it's all about grabbing dice from this mountain and the dice are like like i said stacked up on this piece of cardboard they kind of fall down in a pyramid style and you're just trying to make like you know a run of numbers with white dice and you're trying to get a bunch of gems on the yellow dice you're just getting points for doing these things and you're just grabbing them back and forth but like the real thing, that the kicker for me, and the reason I wanted to play this one and why I've infected Anastasia with it, was this idea that you do multiple rounds, and in each round you get dice, and then you keep them. So at the beginning of the game, you have zero dice. And at the end of the uh, first round, you probably have, depending on the player count, seven to ten dice or something like that in front of you. And you, you keep those, and then you do it again. You, you fill the mountain up, you go mining in the mountain again, and you have this backbone of all the dice you already grabbed. You re-roll them, because of course this is a dice chucker. But, you know, at the end of the second round, you have 20 dice in the end of the third round you have 30 dice at least you know in like a a two-player game so it's just you know (laughs) it's all about digging the dice out of the mountain and then making a mountain of dice in your area that you roll and i found it to be uh enjoyable uh in in some ways so far really really sold me on that one (laughs) guys when you say like build a mountain you don't like physically mean a mountain it's just that you're throwing so many (laughs) dice it it feels quite mountainous maybe in your hands or upon the table i've only played it in tabletop simulator but i feel like you know like if i was to physically play anastasia's the only one here who's played it physically but can you hear it can you hear it i could just imagine a lot of dice like 25 dice and throwing them or something like that did they pick them up in separate groups to roll them is it possible to roll all the dice at once when you're at the end of the game it it's it is it's like an incredibly satisfying like like into your hands like shake and roll that many dice at once like you just kind of like get them all and like spew them in front of you it's really satisfying (laughs) here's how we prove to our audience that we're not uh warhammer 40k players right (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say though it is like i mean we can do some like dice asmr here like what you you do have in the physical copy of the game now 
there it was a kickstarter and there are like i think two versions i think some people on the kickstarter got like a 3d printed mountain but i just have like the standard cardboard mountain but it's still really cool it's like a cardboard mountain and like they, they've made it so it's like at like a 40 not not a 45 it's at an angle essentially so when you do dump the dice out i'm like making these hand motions i could show the guys but like it's like you dump the dice out it um they just kind of like slide into the mountain and it's that is like extremely satisfying in it in its own right and then you know obviously you know over the course of the game you do like you john said collect like 30 dice but by the by round two you only have like 20 even in a two-player game nevertheless it's so satisfying to roll 20 dice yeah it's one of the things that we haven't mentioned in the description here is that the dice are different colors um and so when you're collecting the dice out of the mountain that's that's really significant to you but the face that they have rolled on the on the mountain is the face that you're taking them at so you're you're sort of when you're i'll say drafting when you're drafting a die you're mining mine when mining. you're mining a die <laughs> be clear Nick, you are mining i apologize when you're mining the a die here there's there's two things that you're kind of going for there is like what type of die it is and then what its current status is so one of the more simple dice are the are the the golden gem dice and they can have one two or three gems on them or beer everything can have beer we'll come back to that later um yeah but obviously, like picking a yellow die with three gems on it is just much better than picking a yellow die with one gem on it. And it might change uh, what you say. Well, I don't really want that yellow die with one gem on it, but I'm kind of playing a gem strategy. So, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. I, I mean, th this is not a Yahtzee game. I think a lot of people might assume that it would be considering the amount of uh, rolling we're talking about. There are lots of ways to reroll dice, but you kind of have to buy them. But you have to consider those with the the thing that you're thinking about right nick you, you grab that single gem die and you're thinking maybe i'll re-roll this into a triple gem die you know it, it, it's a gem die like it could it could get better but you only have so many re-rolls available to you so you know maybe it's worth it maybe it's not um yeah there's like mini games with these colors like the gems the person with the most gems at the end of the round doubles their gem score or at least the score they got for that round um the white dice have pips on them from one to five and you're trying to make runs but very distinctly one runs that start with one which i kind yeah. of like love right like you don't just get points if you get any runs you have to have like a full straight one up yeah and you get points equal to the pips on them so yeah if you have two three four five that's zero points because you don't have the one to start things right. off um but and then you roll that one and you just went from zero to 15 points <laughs> which feels yeah. pretty good <laughs> yeah. yeah i actually want to talk about that a little bit more because you know you say in a stage that you love having the one first but it creates a really interesting dynamic that like first of all either in drafting the dice you're really hoping to get you're really hoping to get a one you know drafting a five is right. like nearly pointless um depending on your stage of the game mostly uh, yeah and then later on you know assuming that you and i have the same amount of white dice that we're rolling and i roll a one two three four and you roll a four 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 um i'm a lot better off than you right yeah totally i feel like something that you value a lot in games um particularly is the ability to make something work with your things you know i find that you're often disappointed when your resource can't also do this or you can't solve the problem in this way and this one says nope you run the trench like you start at the one and if you don't start at the one sucks to be you so I'm, i i, I want to hear like more about like why you love that it has that very tight restriction on it I think that I what I find really interesting about all the mini games John's brought up too, and there's a couple more, and I'm sure we'll touch on them. 
um, the mini games being, you know, the, the different colors of the dice. I think that this one in particular, I like that they're, they're all a little bit high risk, uh, you know, high reward. And I like that even this, that this one, I have to look at the breakdown of the dice, but I think there's more white dice than any other dice. It does feel that and way. So it just, it seems at least like there's lots of those that come out. Yeah. And they're easy to take. And they're also kind of the thing you take when you have nothing else to take. So you so you kind of, you get them. And I would say in the four games of this I've played, having white dice can be incredibly strong. And if you get a lot of them and you kind of play that strategy, you are very likely to do well. But there's also a, there's also a risk that you're not going to roll that one or you are going to roll. This is not a game to roll a Yahtzee. You know, you are going <laughs> to roll a Yahtzee and like that's not good for you. And I guess I like that kind of like in this game at, at its weight, at its time, I like that kind of like, you know, win or bust kind of idea. You know, as John kind of talked about, you play over three rounds and you're constantly re-rolling your dice. So I like that. In one round, you may have three straights, one to five, and look at that, 45 points. But that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have 45 points in the next round. And I like that that can happen. And I think that by doing, by, by having them start with one, you guarantee that they're not just going to be this super overpowered, that like, if you just take all the white dice and you do that, you're going to just like, you're guaranteed to win. I like that there's this like, there's this catch, there's the luck yeah. element. You know, that's a big part. I mean, in a game with this many dice, you have to accept that it's massively luck-based, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, that's an element. I, I will say, like, as far as the white dice are concerned, like, that game that Nick and I just played, you know, right before we turned on the recorders here, um, going into the third round, I could tell that I was a bit behind to maybe quite a bit behind. And I had a decent number of dice, and I ended up with two straights that were one, three, four, five. So one, three, four, five, one, three, four, five. So effectively two points total because I was missing those twos. And then on my very first reroll near the end of the round, I rolled two twos. Like my very first reroll, like it was just like, oh, boom. I went from two points to 30 from, right. from right. that. <laughs> and okay, that was luck. And honestly, I had like 11 rerolls in the bank yeah, so getting like getting there already like felt really good i felt pretty confident i was going to get at least one two and it was nice just to get them immediately but you know the, the flip side is that um i could have just missed those and like been really down but like anastasia was just mentioning like it's a quick game and for the play space like decision space of a quick game like this you can't play cautiously i think if you play cautious timid dice miner you're just going to be disappointed like this game seems to always be telling you like shoot for the moon it's a 25 minute yeah. game like you know <laughs> just, don't don't, don't settle for, for that one gem go for the one and six go for the one and six and you know because when you get it like it feels really great and if you don't get it you're like well it was a one and six it makes sense yeah. i didn't get it <laughs> i tried to get it right yeah. and i'll totally admit like i played this with my dad um, and he, 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 he was in a similar position to you, John. Actually, he was in even more of Nick's position where he had like, he must have had like 15 white dice. Like he was doing so well. And in the last round of the game, he just couldn't, could not roll a straight. Like, it just, like they just, they, they, he still ended up getting a bunch of them, but they just didn't work out as well as he thought he would. He did not roll the two twos to put it that way. And, you know, but 
he still absolutely enjoyed himself trying to get that to happen. And I think that speaks to what you're talking about. And, you know, we haven't touched on this yet. So, so John has mentioned, you know, that, you know, you, you're basically, I, I'm calling it, I've been calling it like a, a dice building game, which yeah. is like, it's sort oh, of that like, works. you know, right? Like it, it basically, that's nice how, I, pool how I pitch it. Dice pool building. Yeah, dice it's pile. not like a bag builder. It's a no. dice. Yeah. I don't think I've ever played a game like this where you like are like collecting dice and then re-rolling them. Like I, th- this anyway, that's how I pitch it to my partner. I was like, it's going to be like a deck builder with dice. And I, I love that. Like that, that for me is like that alone was like, I, I was in, then you have these like five different types of dice. Each have a little mini game. We've talked about two so far. Love that. But the third piece of it is that so over the course of these three rounds you are mining quote unquote which is just drafting dice off the off the mountain you're collecting your trove of dice but then after each of those rounds you have a a magic round essentially so so the the one of the other types of dice is just it's called magic, but it's basically just reroll ability. Over the course of the game, you have a choice of if you want to take more dice that will give you the dice that literally give you the ability to reroll your other dice. And that to me is so much fun because instead of like how it often is in a drafting game where like you take what you get, you have you, you always have this like knowledge that you have a chance that you could roll these dice into something better. So, you know, going back to what you asked me, Nick, like this idea of like the one, two, three, four, five, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter if I take a two, there's always a chance I'm going to roll it into a one. Or if I take a five, I'm going to roll it into whatever I need. And just that, like the chance, you know how that is. It's addictive in any luck game. It's like, Hmm, maybe I'll, maybe I will get this into something better. And I, I, I love that. I mean, there's a chance if you're playing like Anastasia, Right, like I, I, you know, because you're inherently just put the way your brain is wired. I've played a couple of games. Like you go for those reroll dice. The game I just played with Nick, he, I think you ended with like two reroll dice, and I had like twelve. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, and you beat me by like eight points. Like it was super close. But you know, every one of those reroll dice that I had for you was a die that was just getting you points. Right, you Absolutely, you had a nearly actually, yeah. a nearly perfect roll for the dice that you had. But, but a quarter of my the, dice just let me re-roll on the right, dice. Right, the yeah. magic dice don't score you any points. And so yeah. um, I just kind of had enough, uh, I guess, raw points there to to make you it. You did that yesterday, too. We, when we played yesterday, yeah. you did the same thing. You yeah. had, like... So what is that? Is that just that that is like you mitigating the luck as as that, that's just Nick being Nick. Color me surprised. <laughs> Nick goes for the value. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, I think it's, it's, it's less like strategic than you think. It's just it's just that I drafted dice that mattered for me in the moment and then i happen to have these sets and i'm never like oh i need magic because i don't i don't tend to to take things or or go out of my way to take things that um could become something cool right i'm going to choose like what can i what can i do the best with in the moment uh but what's but what's cool and in these games in both games i was winning in round one and in the game that we played yesterday i was ahead in round two and I was so cocky that I was like going to win in the third round. And I actually like have come to realize, and I think this is very appropriate for a game of this like weight and, and class and everything like that is that um, the scoring in the third round is, is so wild. It's like family feud, right? Where it's like the first <laughs> round they score points and then they double the points and then they triple the points. It really only matters if you win in the third round. Like 
Um, and it's like that, like this game, like, yeah, your points from earlier matter, they add, but like the points you're going to get in the third round are not just triple because the points are not scaled linearly. And so you have just so many more opportunities to like multiply your dice together. If you're doing sort of the, the hazard strategy or, um, you know, we talked about the one, two, three, four, five, that, is that, is that, are those veins Are those gold veins? Is that what they're, what are they? Sure. What are they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're called something no no let's be thematic let's look we only we have the game right here let's see those are oh they're tunnel dice tunnel dice right uh, so you're, 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 digging tunnels. Tunnels. you're, you're yes, digging you're tuneling into you're the mine deeper tunnels or whatever, yeah a tunnel right? without tunneling an entrance is a pointless tunnel, tunnel. the yeah. one is oh the entrance God, John. there we go there we go John. oh <laughs> just drop the mic drop the beer <laughs> yeah my point is just that the, the points are, are chaotic and, and rising. And so I think a game like this wants your point, you know, you to feel like you are smart and cool early, but it also wants every player to have the opportunity to win. And it, it does that in the way that it scales, where it, it feels like you're going to have double the dice or triple the dice, but actually the points are, are possible to be even more majestic than that. Yeah, I mean, the game we just played, my final score is 86, but in the first round I scored three. <laughs> so so there you go <laughs> which i think is good because in a game like this it is very easy you know i mentioned that game i played with my dad and it was it you know he scored he had like 10 points on me in the first round but then i had like 50 on him in the second and so you know it just it felt like i was so far ahead and then he was i still won that game but he was able to come back to your point nick drastically in that third round and so that that does feel good like you you don't really want a game when it's luck based. There's always a chance it's going to be a blowout, and I'm sure, I'm certain you can play games of this where it is a blowout. Yeah. Um, but you, you do always. I mean, in a way, the game we played against Nick uh, yesterday, we played. We did a three player yesterday. It was and a blowout. It, it, it was a blowout, <laughs> and and yeah, and yet John and I still had a ton of fun. And frankly, we just started playing against each other. Yeah. Um. And so obviously, I won, and it just <laughs> it's not obvious. <laughs> Tunneling over here, guys. <laughs> yeah nick the tunneler destroyed us but you know we just ignore it but then i won there. the game because we weren't counting nick's win but uh but no but it, my point being that like you can turn it into that when it plays this quickly and then like i just i completely agree with you nick that like when things balloon like that you just you it's like the whole theme of the game you never feel like you're really out of it you can always you know find something else cool in the mind yeah but uh yeah i think we should talk about beer because that's the other really, really fun thing. I didn't even mention that. I, th- there's there's quite a few neat little things in this quick dice game. But the beer is, I think, maybe the neatest of them. Because uh, we keep, you know, we've been talking about randomness and rolling dice and everything. But beer is, <laughs> anti-thematically enough, the way that you control things the best. Uh, so every die <laughs> face has a one in six chance of being a beer. Uh, which you could roll into, or you could just pull a beer out of the mountain. And when it's your turn to take a die from the mountain, normally you just take from the top of like a, a pyramid of dice, essentially, as they kind of fall down. But you could instead give an opponent a beer die, say cheers, and roll it in front of them, give it to them. 
and then take two dice from the mountain, and you can take it from the edges of the mountain, not just the peaks. So you're not only doing a double grab, but you're doing a significantly more versatile double grab with each of those dice that you're taking, and at the low, low, low price of potentially giving your po opponents points, <laughs> and you don't know what it is, right? So the randomness does sneak in. Like, you know, I cheers Anastasia, I roll the white die, I'm really, really, really hoping I don't roll a one, because, you know, she's got the two, three, four already, but that's just a calculated risk that I do, and now I grab these amazing dice from, from the mountain, and I, I found that that's like a deceptively cool, almost like abstract puzzle aspect to this game where if I have a beer or two in front of me and it's my turn, I can look at the mountain and think, okay, well, this is good. That's good. But what if I double grabbed? And like, and, and oftentimes it's like, oh, I could take this, which clears that off, which lets me grab that, you know, triple gem or something like that. And, and that's, I wouldn't have been able to get that otherwise. It's so funny because I think that I like beer. I completely agree with you, but I think I like beer for the completely opposite reason like yes strategically i like you know it's like great to get the double grab and it is the most control that you get but like frankly for me what i love about beer is just the complete silliness of it like the, the, the like you're playing a game where you like first of all the rules literally say you should you need to say cheers cheers and then, <laughs> cheers. And, then and then you are literally giving your opponent a die which i love because we we talked about this a lot over the year i guess it has been years plural that we've played anno 1800 that it's it's oftentimes rare to find a game where like you are giving something to your opponent in like a very friendly way and i within reason i mean john you know obviously shared incentives is a big you know, thing that you have found to love over the last yeah. year with the train games and stuff like that. But, but where it's like, truly like, I am just like, I am giving you a thing that is just inherently good for you. And like, sure, I'm getting a benefit, but it's just like, it's so friendly. And I just like, I love that. Like, I just love that me getting this benefit of taking two dice from the mountain. I am like literally just giving you uh, uh, more points more magic more well i guess with the hazards i can be giving you a bad thing but yeah. um we haven't talked about those yet but like for, in the, for the most part i'm giving you a die that adds to your options and yeah. i just think that the, and, and you re-roll it so you know you're basically you you choose the person you're giving it to and obviously in a two-player game you just give it to your opponent but you basically choose them re-roll it and, and and then they get whatever shows up at like last night John handed me like a uh, a, a treasure dice, a yellow, a beer die, and then I had three gems, and I was like, yeah. "Sweet!" Like yeah. you know, and I just think that's lovely, like just a lovely little little piece to the game. I remember when I taught this to you. I feel like that was the moment I could feel you lighting up about it. You're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I get things for free." <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing is, like, beer is worth no points. So, like, the game is really incentivizing you to give it to somebody else. I mean, mm -hmm. you might be able to re-roll it into something good, sure. But, you know, I mean, you might be me and have 12 re-rolls at the end of a round, but you could instead be Nick and have two. And so, you know, those re-rolls can be really precious. I just think it's, I like, I agree. I like how kind of almost pressured you are into using it. Then again, Nick, you, you were hoarding beer in the game we just played. So maybe I've been overly kind. 
I think in some cases that was me playing poorly. Um, <laughs> I think the I think the only thing about beer that I wish was a rule, and I can see why I can't. It's not a rule because it's an exception, and exceptions are just annoying in games that are light, especially. But I don't love that you can pick up a beer with a beer, and so if you're like using a die and you get two dice, and one of them is a beer, and then one of them is like the best die on the table for it's you, like and you just yeah. kind of keep doing it over and over and over again. Like yes, you are giving your opponents. Um, extra dice but it doesn't really cost you right because you you pay a die but gain two dice instead of gaining one die on your turn it's just that it's nice for your opponent that's a good point i think i did it three times in our last game and i I, I don't love that chaining aspect of it i do love that it lets you cheat a little bit though um and i mean my favorite my favorite part of this game mechanically is the is the the pyramid drafting but it can be in such a way that the pyramid drafting is is too brutal for you and so the fact that you have an opportunity to to circumvent it um is i think necessary and and they did it in a nice little clever way here that's cute yeah yeah i, I will say that with the chaining like in the game that we just did i think there was one round where i did it three times but every time i did it i rolled a die and gave it to you we were playing a two-player game and i distinctly remember you needed white twos and I kept getting white beers, and I kept <laughs> giving cheers, and I would roll the dime like no twos, no twos, no twos. So <laughs> it was almost like I was gifting you with re rolls in that case, and I got mm-hmm. lucky. I, I actually hit no twos, and that's part of the reason why I was competitive in that game. But yeah. So there is a a negative aspect of this game, if you will. So there there's one type of dice that gives you that has uh, literally dragon on it and yeah. dragons and um i guess rock the other falls. one is cave a uh, rock fall cave cave in, in, yeah. asteroids whatever you know you however you want to <laughs> take it and those dice inherently are negative points and then there's the last type of dice which is uh, like a like tools which basically have either a shield or tools or a pickaxe or whatever like basically <laughs> basically they i i actually love this if you have the right tool to match up with the hazards, you can actually turn the negative of the hazards into a positive. And like, this is another, I think, beautiful way to create not only a good tension in the game, but also like an opportunity to turn what would inherently just could be like a mean thing. Like we talked about, like if you have a beer, you could be like, let me give you this this negative beer because every dice has a beer. You could, that could be, that could be really negative. But you always have an opportunity to turn them positive. And then if you have, for example, multiple shields, they multiply the number of dragons that you have. So I think is is really fun and really clever and a nice way to to balance out just this kind of last piece of the game. Yeah. I think the uh I think the green dice are are really nice and a a good example, probably the prime example in this game of things being valued differently by different players like mostly you want to collect yeah. i think a lot of like if you're if you have a lot of white dice it's better to have more white dice because you increase your chance to get a lot of yellow dice it's better to have more yellow dice because then your gems are more likely to double um the green dice are neat because if i have a lot of black dice suddenly i really want to get a bunch of green dice and that uh at the beginning of the game the green dice are probably like in, in some ways the weakest they don't, they don't really do a lot for you because you don't have any problems to solve i just like that they change uh power throughout the game yeah that makes sense uh, i mean you know going back and keep harkening to this game we just played because it's really fresh on my mind but i lost like four points in that first round uh because i didn't defend against a dragon and then i had one shield in the last round and i had like 
16 dragons. <laughs> it's so, so, so many dragons. And, you know, that turned into positive points there. Um, and you you beard me, like, multiple hazard beers. And because I had all those re-rolls, I was able to re-roll my defensive green dice into turning them into points. And, in fact, I remember you were saying at the end of that game that you felt like it was actually maybe a mistake to beer me those hazards. Yeah, yeah. I either needed to steal the green dice from you or not be giving you the black dice because I just didn't realize yeah. how much of a turnaround it could be. Yeah. Although yesterday you guys watched me roll those green dice so many times That's true. and not get what I needed. And that That's true. is, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you're just, if you're bad at the game, you're bad at the game, you know? Ooh. <laughs> You should just be like Nick. Roll the dice once and just get like three sets immediately. Yeah. It's re easy. Rerolls re are for chumps. Like just make it. Just make the numbers be. If anyone ever had any doubt that that Nick was was good at games across the gamut, even in a game completely based in luck, where there is just total randomness, he still um, wipes the floor with us. So uh, you know. <laughs> But I do want to before we move off of like the hazard dice and the and the the idea of like turning these hazards positive. I I do want to say like one thing, and the guys are gonna are gonna mock me for this. So the first couple of times I played this, um, it, including the first play with John, uh, where we both got this wrong, might surprise you. Occasionally, very occasionally, even John gets games gets a roll wrong. Um, <laughs> No, so uh, the first time we played this, uh, John and I both misread a rule in the rule book, uh, which was that you can never re-roll your the hazard dice. You can't magic and them. you can't magic them, right? Yeah, so you can't using those blue like, dice. Exactly, and I played it wrong. Then that time with John, and then my time with my dad, time with my partner, several other times, and basically in every play I played subsequently after that, um, until we played it correctly yesterday, I loved, loved, loved that you could re-roll the hazard die, like mm -hmm. because it made them like never negative, and then me loving that you could turn a negative into a positive i like played that i played it as a strategy and for me it added like a completely different strategy that you could play in the game i didn't like the high risk high reward of the tunnel dice you know the one two three four five i was like no you know you go do that i'm gonna just try to like gather all the dragons and then get all the shields and then just have like a gazillion points and honestly that may be why <laughs> that you're not allowed to do that that's my guess too. but <laughs> yeah yeah okay well if the designer is listening to this feel free to tell me in the comments or anyone else <laughs> why but like i then we played yesterday and then we couldn't do that and then the hazard dice like really just dragged me down and and i was sad i was like really <laughs> sad to lose that so i i'm not one to sit here and like argue for changing a game um and i and i just i mean i feel like there's a but there yeah, but I am but. allowed to sit here and argue. <laughs> <laughs> the guys tonight were like, I was like, which rules are you playing? They're like, the real ones. The actual rules. <laughs> I was like, not my rules. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that you can re-roll the defensive dice, the green dice. And I think that's that's kind of where it's supposed to be. Like, I think the hazards are supposed to be hazards. You know, they're like, okay, the, this dragon is happening I, I like th there's no unhappening the dragon so where's the freaking shield <laughs> i'm gonna roll the screen yeah, die like, where's the I shield where's the shield 
I like I love that like if I had like only a single cave in, I could roll into a triple cave in and like <laughs> Or re-roll a quadruple dragon into a beer and then give it to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was like I was all in. I was like, oh double dragon. I want a quadruple dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. So I mean I think it definitely messes with the theming of the game. I think it messes with a lot of things. Um, but I guess, okay, so this is what I will say. I don't know what I'm going to do going forward because I haven't played it enough with the real rules to compare and it's not really a fair comparison. Uh, but I, what I will say is that if you were to play this game and you didn't enjoy the hazards in their natural <laughs> state, you could play with Anastasia's rules. Full anarchy. And That's true. <laughs> I mean, to and a certain extent, you know, play the game that makes you most happy, right? Exactly. Like, uh, so, if I for strongly whatever suspect reason, the rules there for balance reasons, but you know, I'm sure that they are, <laughs> and I would, and I completely agree. And it's look, it's an, I think it's an excellent game. It's a lovely filler. I, I bought it. I, I enjoy owning it, and I'm not letting it go. But I mean, I might just play it both ways. So I'm just putting that out there for people in case, in case they wanna, I wanna try it out. And then I also do. I, I think. I, I need to play it more, and I'll probably have more feelings on that. But I, I, yeah. I, I would be remiss not to mention that that, that did impact uh, a lot of my enjoyment of the game has been <laughs> playing it that way, and, and we'll see. So, anyways. Yeah. One thing we haven't touched on really at all, and I think it's, it's pretty important to mention, is player count. Mm. You know, the three of us have played it three players once, four players right. never, and then a pile of two-player games. Um, and... It's really fun at two players, but there is no difference in the die pool uh, with the player counts. It's always 60, you know, 6-0. It's always 60 dice. So in a two-player game, you're hypothetically going to get access to about 30 dice. In a three-player game, you're getting access to about 20 dice. And in a four-player game, you're getting access to about 15 spread over the course of those three rounds. And I think, you know, these things that we're talking about, like this isn't just a full tangent, like the the hazard combo there's only seven of those green defensive dice in the entire game. So in a two-player game, you know, you'll probably frequently have like three, four splits with those. But in a four-player game, like there isn't even enough for everybody to have two of them. And so when it comes to like the big hazard combo, even like playing it correctly, you know, you get the shield, you get all these yeah. dragons. Really it's going to be a lot harder. And I'm genuinely quite curious to try this one at four players, um, especially after we played it at three. I, I strongly suspected I was actually not going to like it at three very much. I thought this was going to be like a two-player only game. I'm going to roll my my 20 plus dice. Wee! But then we played a three-player game and it was like, oh, that was actually... That, that was that was fun. Like th that was not um, like slower than I expected. I still had a mountain of dice. My worry is I would miss the thirty dice in front of me. But then I had like you know twenty two or something, and that's still a ton of dice. And so I'm wondering you know if like fourteen or fourteen or fifteen dice will will feel meager in comparison. But I just think you know the scores are going to fluctuate a lot less, and you're going to be able to put together a lot less of these ultra combos, which might make it even more interesting, like tighter. From a from a drafting perspective, I'm not sure. Yeah, it might make it tighter, but it's a good question to see. Like, does it make it less fun? Because yeah, right when we when we kicked off, the first thing we were talking about was the aesthetics of the game and the feeling of hucking a bunch of dice and everything like that. So you don't get to build up these these big things. And yeah, I think to your point, probably the drafting part of it becomes more significant than the eye of piles of dice part of it. <laughs> Because the, you have more control over essentially yeah. like what's what's happening in those scenarios. 
your score ceiling is going to be a lot lower too, right? Totally. So you know right. the third round insanity will be tamer. <laughs> I, I will say that there comes a point if you roll so many dice that hypothetically you should start to see some like uh, expected values for various things. You know, if you roll one die over and over again, you know, like, you know, eight times throughout the game, you could see a crazy streak. But in this game, you're rolling 60 dice at least once, uh, but you're probably, you know, discreetly rolling well over 100 dice over the course of the game. And I just think that you're probably going to start to see some lines there. Like, <laughs> uh, I come from like a tabletop role-playing game background. You never trust the dice. They are fickle and errant. Um, if you are going to assume that they're going to do something in large systems, you are wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm with John. It's all about the magic and the mine. And uh, no, I, I, Nick is right that you can never trust the dice. But I do think, John, you're on to something that like, even if you have no control over the dice, because it really is all luck. There is something about this game that makes you feel like you have luck. I love that there's a magic round, so I like I have a chance of turning this into something else. Or, you know, I I collected all these dice, so I have a chance that they're gonna like all roll perfectly the way I want to. And so I I do like having that perceived sense of control that's actually not control. That somehow <laughs> I collected enough dice. That of course I'm gonna roll, you know, fantastically. Yeah, this game does. It has input and output randomness, you know, mm -hmm. especially in that mm -hmm. second and third round. You roll this pile of dice that you chose to take, and then you're like, oh, you know, I didn't get any sets, or I can't believe I didn't roll any twos. And then you look at the mountain. There's 20 more dice on there, and you look. Mm -hmm. Are there twos on the mountain? Oh, there is. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Oh, it's underneath that thing over there with a, a dragon hazard on top. Oh, let's see. Nick has a shield. Maybe Nick will go after that. And then I had the output randomness of rolling all my dice, and then there was the input randomness of rolling the mountain dice, but then you have to compete with your opponents to try and run after those things. And I think this is probably why it feels like there is a bit of control there, because because there mm -hmm. is, to, to a certain yeah, extent. there you is. Know, you, there is. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is. And and you're right. I do think that that's nice. Um, the reason that it leans more on the chaos side is because it's output randomness at the beginning of the round when you roll, input randomness when you're drafting uh, because it's already kind of put out there. And then again, back to output randomness when you're doing your re-rolls by using your magic. So it's, it's, yeah. it's sandwiched by what those factors look like. Yeah. So where I land with this one is I feel like I'm totally down to play it whenever. I don't think I'm going to rush out and get a copy of it myself. Um, I'll try to play Anastasia's copy at some point, I think. But I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of situations where I would really quite enjoy it. And and honestly, if I see this one on sale, I I might not be able to stop myself. And I think that's you know says a lot for. It. I mean, I do tend to play a lot of games with people who play more medium to heavyweight type of experiences, and I have a lot of lighter games already. But I don't know. I've enjoyed my my. Uh, small handful of plays of this one already and for all these reasons i'm i'm hoping we get some more in i think the, the my only my only closing thought is that if I, as john said i'm probably not gonna pick up a copy myself would be cool to play it if someone wanted to play it as a quick filler here and there i do think however that if you are kind of like a gamer family and you have, have younger kids this is just a this is just a great option or if you're like you know people that you know at work or uh, in the rest of your family, 
are like down to try games this is a it's a cool option because there are decisions in this game that that make a difference that make you feel like you're engaged um but it is chaotic and so you know everyone's alive and i think that that's um that's something that's that's very valuable when you're looking for games to engage those kinds of gamers yeah it's a great lunchtime game right totally 100 percent, 100 percent. no and and that's exactly where it falls for me i mean this game reminds me of my same the same way i felt about cape may uh you know it's just it's this is a very except this is obviously the lighter version this is just a very easy game for me to pull out with my friends that are not gamers but like of the level that they enjoy a game with a little bit more meat on it it's just it it was a perfect game to play with my dad like it just it fits that nice spot of it's not it's not a super light game Uh, you know i i always compare it to zombie dice which is oddly a hit in my home i don't even like it that much but but we we do it does come out a surprising amount and for me I'm kind of hoping this will replace zombie dice because I think it's sort of like the next level (laughs) up from that. I don't know. I don't know. My partner still loves zombie dice. (laughs) Loves all sorts of games. We'll play a super heavy game, but something about zombie dice. Anyways, I I, I brought it home in the hopes that it, it, it kind of could be that because for me, it just, it adds all, all the things we've talked about just adds a couple of additional layers of thinking and thoughts and just it's fun. Yeah. Well, um, if you have any thoughts about uh, Dice Miner, if you've played this one or have any questions about it, we would love to hear. Um, There is a YouTube version of this. You can find a link to it in the description of this episode. Um, Hop on over there and uh, leave a comment. And thank you so much for listening. 